Gary, welcome. How are you? Hey, Mike. Great. Great. All right, let's touch on the Notre Dame game. Uh, You know what? Uh, Interesting game. I thought Notre Dame availed itself very, very well. I thought uh, they did a good job. I didn't think they were overmatched. I actually thought they got a couple of wonderful performances from uh, Komet, their tight end, who I think has got a great future. Also, Drew White, I thought, played really well on defense. I thought that was a very good effort for Notre Dame. Yeah, I think the game kind of rounded uh, uh, as good as Notre Dame uh, could have hoped. Um, you know, I think Brian Kelly put it best. I was on the field with him before the game, and he said, I challenged our guys. I said, come on, we're good enough. Uh, our 1-85 to can play with these guys. There's no reason why we can't line up, tackle them when we need to tackle them, complete passes, block them at the line of scrimmage. And they stood there toe-to-toe. I told you last week that if you turned on that Clemson tape and watch closely, they weren't run out of the ballpark until the score got out of the, out of hand. They were in that game for a while and atoned themselves pretty well in that playoff game. And then it got out of hand late. And I thought they did a good job and proved that, you know, with the right type of player, I mean, they're just a couple players away. If they had an elite speed wide receiver, one more running back, maybe, you know, an NFL corner like they had in Julian Love a year ago, uh, they could compete with anyone, but I thought they showed the only thing that surprised me in the game, Mike, was I felt that they would be more comfortable playing in a big game atmosphere. And, and they seemed to let the crowd get into their ball game much more than I anticipated in that game. I, I think there might have been four or five, six different times. You know, they had to burn two timeouts in the second half. Yep. It ended up costing them. They had numerous, Good uh, point. you know, a pre-snap thing. That's the only thing I thought of is that Notre Dame has played in a lot of big games. I was surprised that the crowd uh, hurt them with a veteran team as much as it did. I thought they unveiled a new star though. Cause I think Kometska's going to be a star at tight end. He was yeah, a very good looking player. Yeah. He probably could have played the week before, but right now there's a lot depending uh, as we tried to point out, you know, I thought the game broke down pretty easily that Notre Dame needed to tackle the short passing game of Georgia. They use it against everybody, and they've been gashing people for two years. You know, they don't throw a lot of deep balls because they don't have to. They get their balls to their receivers, and they run with it. In this game, they did a great job. You know, their outside linebackers, their safeties, their corners, everybody tackled really well. they They just need a little bit more help for Ian Book. I mean, he played great in that game maybe as good as he can. And I really thought they had a really good early game plan. The problem was when Georgia adjusted and took away the short passing game, Notre Dame didn't have much more to go with it. They need one more player on offense. I I totally agree. You know, um, early on in the season, there's three teams that, to me, are the surprises. Number one, and there's disappointments, which I get to too, but number one is Cal, which will play Arizona State tonight, Number two, which beat Ole Miss last week. Number two is Wisconsin, which drubbed uh, Michigan last yeah. week, had them 35 nothing. And the third is Auburn, which I think is better than 100%. I thought they would be. And Auburn has a big game with Miss State, and I tell you, we'll find out how good Auburn is, but Auburn has been a surprise. I think so. We, we knew Auburn had an, a, a, a defense that could be a championship defense for what they had returning. The question was, on offense, could they, because they were going to go with a new quarterback, you know, Jared Stidham had moved into the NFL. But we talked earlier in the year that Gus Malzahn is really tough to defend when he has the type of quarterback that he's comfortable with. When he had Cam Newton, a guy who could run and throw, 
he could use his offense. Same when he had Nick Marshall, when he beat Alabama in that, in the, in that game, you know, in the Iron Bowl game. Uh, everybody, you know, talks about the, you know, what happened at the end of the game, but Nick Marshall kept them off balance right. with his RPO and his running and everything that happened in the game. Now he's got a guy. Now Bo Nix is young, but you can see this Auburn team is different when Gus has his guy there. But I think you're right. Those are the teams. I was wondering if you were going to mention Auburn. And considering their schedule, you know, next week they go to Florida. You know, that's going to be a big monumental game. That You know, they still got LSU. They, I mean, they play everyone this year. They still got Georgia. I mean, their schedule top to bottom has been incredible this year. And think about this. Where would Oregon be rated had they beaten Auburn in that first football game? Yep. I mean, you could see Oregon being five, six in the polls. So they've had quality schedule, quality games. And, uh, you know, they should beat Mississippi State. They're a better team than Mississippi State. And then they'll roll into Gainesville for a big game. Well, as as you alluded to, is that Georgia was going to have a say and, and really was going to open it up for the SEC. The SEC's got three legit – there's six teams in the country and three of them are SEC teams. That's all there is to it. And then you got Clemson and you got Ohio State and you put Oklahoma in as the sixth team and that's it. I mean, those are your six teams. Yes. And, uh, you know, in, in this conference, and I do want to get to Wisconsin because I think it's important to talk about that again. You know, when you got a conference right now, and of course they'll start playing each other and knocking each other off. But when you have one conference, you know, with you know teams in the top ten being dominated right now by this conference, you understand what they're going to go through in the second half of this schedule. Wisconsin to me was amazing to watch. How about Wisconsin's I mean, performance? Wow, I mean, thirty-five was, to nothing. Was, it was incredible to watch, and and you watch. You know, just imagine, and you saw the ex-Michigan players reacting. You know, they can react more now than they used to because of social media. Yep. But the reaction of watching a team do to Michigan what Michigan used to do to everybody I mean, was shocking. To I Michigan. mean, 359 to, to 40 running the football. 359 I, to it was, 40. It's hard to believe. And, I, and I, I just don't know, you know, watching the game, what Jim was going through. I mean, what is he thinking? That's the way he visualized his team. Absolutely. That's the way he visualized it, just like that. And he's got a team doing that to his football team. I've been doing it a while. That that was a shocker. His well, let me say this. Uh, let's say let's tell the truth here. The bottom line is, Michigan was playing like a monster defensively until they went and played Ohio State last year. And Ohio State not only buried them, they ripped out their heart. They destroyed them as a program. They, they, took, yeah. they took away everything they had. They embarrassed them on the field. And Michigan hasn't been the same for a down since. Mike, I, I know that's a way to look at it. Like, it would be possible for me to disprove what you're saying. What I just don't think is what they're doing fits their image. I don't think it fits what Jim believes. They look small to me. Where's the Michigan big players? You know, they're getting pushed around. They seem to be trying to do too much, much schematically to run RPOs, and they're moving their safeties and crashing their linebackers. I mean, I used to watch them line up in two deep or one deep and line up and say, we know what you're going to do. You know what we're going to do. We're going to out-tough you. That's what I just – they just 
look uncomfortable. And until they get that back, I don't know where they're headed. But last year, Urban just killed them with his passing. I mean, he embarrassed them. I mean, he really did. He did. And they were great defensively until that game. And he yeah, and he embarrassed them in that game. And, it, and he did it by running pick plays, right? Yep. You know, yep. against their man-to-man coverage. Crossing patterns and crossing patterns. He couldn't adjust. And in this game, I'm watching Michigan's linebackers and safeties running in and out and disguising. Why do you have to disguise anything against Wisconsin? You know what they're doing. You know what they're going to do. They keep, no one's more bread and butter than Wisconsin. I mean, that's exactly. all there is to it. Plus, they I, thought I, Patterson was the right guy, and he hasn't been the right guy yet either. They thought I he was going to be think, special, and it hasn't happened. I don't think they're going to come out of it until Jim Harbaugh is running and looking at something that he's comfortable with. I think he's he's delegated too much, and he looks like he's looking out there and going, I don't like what I'm saying. No, That's I mean, listen, right? And 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 let's be honest. I mean they they don't they don't even look like they're in the same league with these teams now. I mean they, that well, game was a that game was a trouncing. That was a trouncing. Well, I mean, Think about it. You know, I mean, Notre Dame's going to come in there, and Notre Dame is favorable. They got a lot of football players. They're deep. I told you they're way more talented than they were when I saw yep. them three years ago. Brian Kelly's done a good job. Um, if Brian Kelly goes in there and manhandles them, oh boy, I don't know what Michigan fan is going to say. And and how long has it been since we saw LSU? I asked you last week if they were for real. To have an LSU have a quarterback put up a game like that? I mean, uh, twenty-five for thirty-four for six touchdowns. The whole league, everybody I've talked to, every coordinator, every head coach, you bring up something, they all want to talk about LSU. They all want to go, can you believe what LSU looks like? For them to have four or five receivers, for them to have a transfer quarterback from Ohio State. LSU. I mean, LSU LSU with 400 passing yards. It's a new world in college football, I will say that. But, boy, you, you can make an argument right now that Joe Burrow is one, two, or three in the Heisman, and no one could argue with you. How about that? And then you have Alabama, which is just being typical Alabama. And right now, I mean, I saw one NFL draft thing that had Alabama players one, two, three on the board coming out and well, out of this draft. I, I'll give you another one. That the all-time record for first-round draft picks is Miami at six. I, there are numbers out there, and I've seen projections that Alabama has seven projected first round. Drafts. I believe it. They have one, two, three on the board right now. You know, people think Judy is going to go right behind uh, Tua. Well, and I, I don't know if it'll be one, two, three, but I'll tell you, Ruggs, because of his speed, he ran his touchdown the other day. He was clocked at 24 miles per hour. That's faster than any NFL player has clocked out this year. And with the way Kansas City is showing how speed is affecting the game. Rugs could go anywhere. For, he'll be a top time, top ten draft pick as well. So yep. you know there might be a team that says, "I love Judy, but there's no one like Rugs," and yeah. then they take him first. I mean, I've seen Judy put in the top three in almost every projection this year coming yeah. out. I mean, so yeah. I mean, and you know, they and are you know, not, yeah, they are not as vintage on the defensive line and linebacker with Dylan Moses being hurt as they've been in the past. They've still got a lot to prove. They made a lot of mistakes against South Carolina. Nick is still trying to get that defense. You know, he's going to have to play against some modern offenses here. It's, you know, it's, it's coming. He's going to go to Texas A&M. Jimbo will be ready for him. They're not the greatest team, Texas A&M team or Jimbo team. They're a year away. I told you that last week. But they'll give him a tussle. 
LSU will give them a tussle. Auburn will give them a tussle. You know, there, there are teams that can compete with them, but when you line up against Alabama in a healthy Tua, you better be ready to score 35 points or you don't have a chance. All right, Cal's undefeated, 4-0 yeah. uh, as Arizona State tonight. Is Cal for real? I watched the whole game against Ole Miss. It had that wild ending. I don't know if you call that. Yes, a yes. Leading right at the goal line. Yep. Question of whether it should be stopped. It's a very interesting kind of process that a replay official has to go through, whether he should stop the clock and review it. It was a... Um, just to kind of explain it, it was more of a down-the-line game with not as many cameras as some of the top games right. have. And so he didn't have as many angles, and he decided not to stop it. But, you know, the more you look at it, the more you say, Cal kind of, excuse me, Ole Miss kind of earned the stoppage. It was such a good drive right down to an inch line. I'm telling you, that thing could have been called either way. Cal's very um, athletic on defense. Justin Wilcox has done a really good job. Um, I think they're a good team. I think they're. Uh, I think in the SEC in the Big Ten they would be having a bigger battle. You know, you know, in the Pac-12 maybe they're more at the top. And the other one is this: Virginia's four and zero going into Notre Dame. Tomorrow. I think that's an interesting game. Rocco Mendenhall has done a tremendous job. He took over a program that was. I, I read He's a good coach. He's said, a very good coach. I, as I, I read where he said when he went to Virginia and had his first meeting. Nobody in the room would make eye contact with them. They so were disenchanted with football, and he rebuilt that program. And uh, they will be a legitimate contender. They play physical football. He demands a lot from his players. It'll be an interesting game for Notre Dame. I think Brian Kelly was right. He said, we will learn more about our team this week than we learned last week against Georgia. I that's think that's very true. People don't realize this is, a very, this is a very different Virginia team now. Very, very different Virginia team. Uh, under this coach, uh, and they're four and zero. They've played well, you know. Uh, they've beat a pit team, which was, you know, that's, that's not right. easy. Uh, and uh, I tell you, they that's a, that's a tricky game coming up against Notre Dame. That's going to be a very interesting game. I agree. Uh, and Virginia could be a big surprise this year. Do you think so? I mean, I I, I do like Notre Dame's overall talent, and uh, I I do think they'll win the game. And I'll be surprised if they don't. Uh, you know, I was really impressed with Ian Book. Uh, he is legitimate. He's good enough to be a, a championship quarterback. And I'll say, you know, one more emerging player, they're going to be tough to beat Notre Dame. And, and they're in it, by the way. They're, and they're big Georgia fans. And I, I'm telling and you, they're big Georgia fans. And what you said at the end of the game is true. This game didn't finish Notre Dame. If they run the table, they could they would still be in the in the in the playoffs. Absolutely. There's no question. And, you know, I the agree. Committee lo- the committee loves to give messages. And I think in all tiebreakers, they would lean towards Notre Dame because they had the guts to go play at Georgia, and it will be a message to everybody else that we reward teams that go out and play tough games. Plus, they're Notre Dame. I mean, so that doesn't yep. hurt either. So I, I you agree with you. <laughs> uh, and Clemson's kind of just kind of going through the, the, the motions right now. You know, everyone's talking about the quarterback well, having a tough year. You yeah. know what? I don't buy any of that. I want to see him when the games get big. I mean, I still think he'll be as dangerous as ever. Well, it might. Here's the thing. I mean, uh, you know, Notre Dame kind of did that last. Excuse me, I'm way off here. Alabama did that last year. They they were the games were so easy. They were in cruise control for so long. Yep. That when it really got turned up at the end of the year, they could not find that extra gear. Tua Barrett barely played in the fourth quarter. Right. And you know, you need some battles to get battle tested to know where your cracks are. And uh, 
you know, I don't know who's going to challenge this Clemson team with their schedule this year. It looks like they're going to have a walk into the playoffs. But I wonder when they get there, will they really know what their weaknesses are? And uh, it didn't work. Now, now I will admit, uh, Tua got hurt, and they he were did. a different team at the end of it. So I, I would assume if Trevor Lawrence stays healthy, they'll, they'll be the team to beat still. Thanks, Gary, very much. Talk to you next week. Thank you. All right, Gary Danson on uh, college football. As we said, some interesting games tomorrow, including Virginia, uh, which is an 11-point underdog against Notre Dame, but it's a very different Virginia team. Very different. Back after this.